And welcome everyone to the Siyum on Masechta Babakama, Masechta that we've been learning now for just about four months, right? It's 118 blot. And Baruch Hashem, this Masechta, we went through a lot of different tinyanim. Let's get straight to the uh, Siyum, which is right here, Kofutes Amit Beis. So we stop today at the Gemara where it says, Hachayit. It's a little bit uh, past halfway down the Amud, beginning of the line. And this is the Gemara quoting here from the last Mishnah of the Masechta. There's a Gemara here. If anyone want to pass down a Gemara, there's this. Yeah. So in the last Mishnah of this uh, Masechta, the uh, Mishnah speaks about various different people that are doing work for someone and they get materials to do the work. And then there's uh, leftovers from the work that they do. The question is, those leftovers, does it have to be returned to the original owner? Or could the worker keep it? So this part of the Mishnah that the Gemara is going to discuss speaks about a tailor, a chayit. Okay, so zakta the Gemara. A chayit, come please. A chayit shashir esachot. A tailor that has leftovers from the thread that he got to sew a garment. So the Mishnah there said that if the leftovers of the thread is the size of the needle that's used to sew, so then, but the Mishnah actually didn't say the exact share, sorry. The Mishnah just said if there's enough of the thread left over that you can sew with it, so then you have to return it to the balabas. But the Mishnah didn't specify what that share is. So the Gemara here says what the share is. When the Mishnah says that as long as you have leftover enough that you can sew with it, what is that shear? Amaravasi, Saravasi says, That's thread that's as big as the needle itself, and also more than that, more than the size of the needle itself. That's the shear. So now this the Gemara asks, when it says more than the size of the needle itself, it doesn't specify what does that mean, more than the size of the needle itself. So the Shiloh was asked about this. When it says, like the size of the needle and more than the needle itself, does that mean that size, outside, more than the size of the needle itself, does that mean that that additional size is also like the size of the needle itself? Which basically means there has to be a thread that double the length of the needle then you have to give that back to the owner. Or maybe, as long as you have the size of the needle and just a drop more, that's a size of thread that you have to return to the owner. The Gemara brings a right to this. The Tanya, in Hebraisa, we learned about this Allah of the tailor as follows. A tailor that left over from this, has leftovers from this thread, and it's pachis mechdei litvay. The thread is less than what you can sew with it. And umatlis, or a piece of garment, she pchusa mishalas which is smaller than three finger breaths by three finger breaths, which is the shear that it said in the Mishnah that if it's three by three finger breaths, it's large enough that you have to return. So this is less than that. So here, this b'raise says that it will depend on the balabas, the owner, if he's particular about this. If the balabas is makpid, harel shabalabais. So then we return it to the balabais. Ein balabais And if he's not particular about this, then harel shaloi. Then the tailor can keep this. So the Gemara now explains. If you're going to say that the shear here is that the thread 
when we say that you must return it, it's when the thread is double the size of the needle. So then, Pachis Mikan, when it says here in this Braise that the thread is less than that size, what does it mean? It's not double the size of the needle, it's a little bit less than that. So then I could understand why the Braise would say that the owner may be particular and he wants that size of thread back because it's, use, it's, it's useful for something. Chazi l'sichse. This could be used for sichse. Sichse goes back to something the Gemara mentioned before here. When they make a garment and they have to stretch out the garments, when they finished making it, they would make loops on the side of it to hang it, to be able to stretch it out. So for those loops, you can use this small thread to, to make those loops. If you're going to say that the shear of what you always must return to the owner is when it's the size of a needle and just a drop more, so now this Braise that speaks of even less than that, a shorter piece of thread than that, what could this, what could this be used for? can't be used for anything. How would this Braise say that if the owner is particular about it, you have to return it to him? Well, how could it be particular about it? It's a tiny piece of thread, you can't use it for anything. So therefore it must be that when we said before that the size of thread that you must return, it's because it's double the size of the needle. That's something that you for sure have use out of it. You return it to the owner. If it's a little less than that, then it'll depend on the, the particular person, if he's particular about the Sanat. The next thing it said in the Mishnah, the Gemara quotes here, regarding a carpenter. So when it comes to a carpenter, that's working with wood, he's doing woodwork and he's cutting it, he's shaving it, he's whatever it is. So the Mishnah said that the pieces of wood that fall off during this job, it depends how large these sizes of pieces of wood are that fell off, whether you have to return it to the owner or not. And the Mishnah made a difference, what kind of a tool are you using? There's one tool the Mishnah called a matzid. I'm not, I don't know the exact translation in English of this. The matzid is a, basically a small axe when you use it to cut off, to cut the pieces of wood, the very small pieces of wood come off. So therefore that's something that you don't have to return to the owner. And then the Mishnah says, it's a case of a kashel, which is basically a big axe. When you chop this wood, big pieces of wood come off. So the Mishnah made the distinction, if it's with a matzid, you don't have to return it to the owner, it's small pieces of wood. If it's with a kashel, which is a big axe, you have to return to the owner. So the Gemara here asks a contradiction on, what the, on this distinction of the Mishnah from what it said in a Braise. Ramini, I'll ask you the following contradiction. The Braise says, When you have a carpenter and he's using this matzah, this small axe, and there are pieces of wood that chip off, chips of wood that come off when you are sawing the wood, they both belong to the Balabais. So this is not like the Mishnah said. The Mishnah said with a matzid, it's a small axe and it's small pieces of wood. The carpenter can keep it for himself. Then the Braise says, when you're drilling a hole and you have sawdust that comes out from the wood, or or if you're using another tool, that a hitni is a plane, also the sawdust that comes out, or or when you're sawing and it's the sawdust that comes out, all of that. You can keep it for yourself. Today, the sawdust is used for, that's what they make, uh, what is it called, particle board or something like that. They use it, it's, you can actually use it to make something really valuable out of it. Anyways, okay. So the point is that you have over here a stira regarding this matzah. The Mishnah makes a, a distinction between the large axe, the small axe, and the Braise doesn't make that distinction. In the Mishnah, 
the, the, the town of the Mishnah, the place where he lived, there were two different kinds of axes. The big axe refers to as a kashal. The small axe is referred to as a matzah. So there's a distinction in the kinds of pieces of wood that fall off in this job. So the Mishnah makes that distinction. However, the town of the Braise, there was just one kind of axe that they used it, that they used, the Karila Matzah. And he calls it a Matzah. The Matzah is not necessarily a small axe. It's just the name of the axe, the one kind of axe that they had, that they used, and the woods, the chips of wood that come out from this are large enough that you have to return to the owner. Okay, the next thing the Gemara quotes, what it said in the Mishnah, the Mishnah says that all of these different works that the Mishnah spoke about, that sometimes you have to return the leftovers to the owner, sometimes not, that's all if you're doing the work for the owner in your own shop, the tailor in his, uh, in his shop, or the carpenter in his shop, whatever it is. But if you're doing the work in the house of the Balabas, so then whatever leftovers you have, you have to return to the Balabas. It's in his house, you have to leave it for him. The Gemara brings a Braise that speaks about other cases where a person is doing work that the Mishnah did not mention. A worker which is chiseling stones to smooth them out, to make them nice and square, to be able to build with it. So the pieces that fall from these stones, there's no issue of gezel, you can keep it. People that uh, do work to prune trees, pruning vineyards, people that are um, trimming bushes, weeding plants, or when you have vegetables that grow very close together in a garden and the person wants to give them space to spread out, so sometimes you pull out some of the vegetables to give it more space to grow. Sarashi explains this. Now, so here, regarding all these cases, the price says there's a distinction. It will depend whether the owner is particular about these things. If he's particular, yes, bemishum gezel. So then you can't keep it. You have to give it back to him. And if he's not particular about this, you can keep this. The last halacha of the Mishnah, quoted, of, of the Gemara that is quoted here in the Braise, Amar Abihude, Kishus, which is some kind of greenery, some kind of grass that grows. The Chaziz, which is the grain that grows before it's ripe, and sometimes it's cut when it's not ripe yet to give it as animal feed. So this, there's no gezel for this because it's something that the owner is not makba than this. However, if it's a place where you know that people do have a use out of this and the people are particular about this, so then there is gezel. Ravina said about this case here, the city of This is a place that this kind of animal feed they were very particular about it because in Rashi, as Rashi says, let's see the last Rashi of the Mesechta, Masa Machasia was a place with a lot of cattle, and they need a lot of good pasture for the animals, so therefore, this, this greenery or this, this animal feed is something that you can't just take it. It's, the, the owner is very particular about it. Hadran Allah, Mesechta, Okay, mazel tov, mazel tov. So, yeah, just uh, just uh, first to share a short word on the actual seam itself, and then maybe someone wants to say a kaddish, and then I'll, I'll share mitzvah a word of the rebbe, the hadin of the rebbe on the mesechta. So the word of the marsha, which is very interesting regarding the seam of the mesechta, the marsha points out that the last two words of the mesechta says umasa machasia asir de koptihu. 
says the word who in the end of the Gemara is extra. Should have just said Asr the Kopti. People are particular about this animal feed. But the Gemara didn't want to finish off with the word Kepeda. Kepeda has a negative connotation. So the Gemara adds the word who. It's a similar in Rashi. Rashi says, They need good mire, good pasture. What's, why does Rashi add the word taiv? Rashi didn't want to finish off with the word mire, he wanted to finish off with the word taiv. Furthermore, the Masha says, the word mire has in it the words ra'a. So Rashi didn't want to finish off with the word that has in it the words ra'a, so he says the word taiv. Then the Masha says, Kopti hu, if you take the yud and you put it together with the hey vav aleph, he says yud hey vav aleph is similar to shem yud ke vav ke. It's not exactly the letters of shem yud ke vav ke because it has an aleph there, but it's similar to the shem yud ke vav ke. And he says also the word toiv, you put it together with the hey of lemire ha toiv, the ha toiv are similar letters to the yud hey vav and aleph. They, they, they are, some of the letters are the same. You have the vav which is the same, but even the tes is right near the yud. And uh, the vase is right near the olive. So Rashi and the Gemara are finishing off with two similar words to finish off on a positive note, hinting to the Abish's name and, and the, the word Taif. That's uh, what the Masha says, how the Masechta finishes off. Okay. Shonavashkemashkemashkemashkemashkemashkemashkemashkemashkemashkemashkemashkemashkemashkemashkemashkemashkemashkemashkemashkemashkemashkemashkemashkemashkemashkemashkemashkemashkemashkemashkemashkem
then you don't have to return it to the owner. Why did the Eivishter have to say that extra word of Luchot to Moshe Rabbeinu to let him know that he can keep the pieces that fall if in any case it's Hefke. The owner doesn't, is not, has no interest in them. It's, so the Eivishter shouldn't have to tell him uh, a special uh, limud of Luchot that he can keep it. Oh, so the Reb Marash answered. So the Reb Marash answered that there's a difference if it's just plain stones or if it's Samperinin or if it's expensive... Uh, Gems, so sapphire, sapphire, that's what it is? Okay, it's expensive sapphire, so then it's something which has a lot of value. Every piece that falls, as we see, Moshe Rabbeinu got very rich from this. And therefore the Eivish just has to tell him that it belongs l'cha. But then the Rebbe goes on in the Sikha with a very lengthy discussion of Pinigla regarding the subject. And just one Akuda I'll mention, the Rebbe asks that, based on what it says here in the Mishnah, which we learned, the Gemara quotes it here, that when you're preparing your work, you're doing the work for the owner in the house of the owner, so then there's also no right for you to take anything, even by Misat Te'avarim. So the Rebbe Marash could have also given a different answer, even if it was just plain stones, but because the work that Moshe Rabbeinu is doing is in the Eivishter's place. And the Rebbe goes, explains that Lashem wherever you are, you're in the Eivishter's domain. So what Moshe Rabbeinu is doing is in the Eivishter's place, so then without Hashem clearly saying, L'cha, that you can keep this, it's something that has to go to the Eivishter. Okay, so the Rebbe basically explains that it's clear from the Gemara here, regarding the Satate Avanim, that this distinction the Gemara makes regarding all kinds of workers, that it does matter whether you're doing it in your own shop, or you're doing it in the home of the Balabas that you're working for, that distinction does not apply regarding the Satate Avanim. At least not according to the uh, Braise that's quoted over here in the Gemara. And the Rebbe says an interesting thing. The Braise was taught in Bavel. In Bavel, there wasn't stones. The Rebbe brings from a place in the Gemara where it says that in Bavel, they didn't have any stones there. So therefore, the, the pieces that fall from the stones were not valuable at all. People didn't use stones to build with it. So therefore, over there, it doesn't make a difference if you're doing this work in your own shop. You're doing it in the home of the Balabas. It has no value. Similar, Moshe Rabbeinu is in the Midbar, where the Yidna are not using any stones for anything. Other than the fact that it was sapphire, but if it would have just been plain stones, then this would have been something that even though it's in the domain of the Eivishter, Moshe Rabbeinu would be allowed to keep this, because it's, it's not something that has any value at all. It doesn't matter even if it's in the domain of the Balabas. That's one of Kudu that the Rebbe says in the Sikha Al-Pinigla. Then, Al-Pichsidis, the Rebbe explains a very interesting and important part. Just explain this uh, with the uh, since we're making her see him on the Babakama. So there's the famous Mishnah in the end of Baba Basra that says Bakhlal regarding the Masahdas that we're learning now, Babakama, beginning of Mitsiya, Baba Basra. So the Mishnah in the end of Baba Basra says, Yasek If you want to be wise, you should learn these Masahdas that discuss all money matters, all disputes related to money matters. And the Mishnah there says that these subjects in Torah are a Mayan and Iveya. It's like a stream of water that flows endlessly. The depth and the wealth of the discussion and the pilpul that is involved in understanding these subjects in Torah is, is where you can see the wisdom of, of Torah and where a person becomes wise. That's what it says in the Mishnah. So the Rabbi here in the Sikha points out regarding the Luchas Shnias, that the Luchas Shnias have Psoilas. The fact that Moshe Rabbeinu carves it out and it has psalas, what that hints to is, there's a big difference between the luchas shniyais and the first set of luchas. The first set of luchas were God, God made, and the, there's no psalas there. It's just the, the gilu of the Eivishter, 
and it's it's all open and clear how what it is, its connection to the Abishtah. And the second set of lucha is this psalas. What does that mean? Because here it's a different experience, a different level of learning Taita. It's where you learn Taita where there is a discussion. There's air, there's chayshech, there's questions, there's answers. The Gemara tells us that together with the uh, second set of luchas came the pilpul of Taita. Meshach Rabbeinu, the Abishah gave him a gift, the pilpul of Taita. What is the pilpul of Taita? The Dina Mamanis, these Masechlis that you learn, the discussion, the questions back and forth, this is where you have the Emek of Taita. On one hand, in the pilpul of Taita, there's sort of a big Yerida here. You don't get the, the, the point and the Ur of Taita directly and openly. It comes with a discussion with questions and answers where there's a big darkness involved in this. At the same time, though, Dafke in this Chalik of Taita is the biggest depth of Taita. The, biggest, the greatest depth of Taita is here. And the, the Chazal tell us that inside the Lucha, inside the uh, Oren, that is, you had the Luchas and the Shivre Luchas. The broken Luchas were there as well. When a person learns these Chalakim of Taita, the Pilpul of Taita, there's a tremendous Maila in the depth of Taita that's here. There's another point also in the Maila of the depth of the Taita that there is in these Mesechtes which is also hinted in the concept of the Shivrei Luchais, the broken Luchais hints to something else, to Bittal. When something is broken, it's Bittal. That's what it is. When you learn these Masechtes, on one hand, it is tremendous depth and there's tremendous Chachmah that you get out of it. And there's a certain aspect of the learning here. This, these, are, these are the Masechtes that they learn in the Yeshivas with the Bachrim. This is the Masechtes where a person can feel like that he can get involved and say an opinion about it and think about it because it's, it's very deep and it's something that's engaging. At the same time, it's dafka, this kind of learning, with al Rebbe and Teirah says of art about the pilpul of Teirah, and specifically the Talmud Bavli, that there's a certain aspect of bittel that goes into it. When you learn these kinds of Gemaras, when you learn, take, take Masech the Brachas, try to learn Masech the Brachas, Daf, Hey, Davav, Dav Zayin, it's Gishmak, it's smooth, whether it's Agadata, or whether it's just a plain Gishmak, a Gemara, there's no level of frustration that you have in the learning. It's, not, it's good, it's gates, it's smooth, it's gishmak. When you learn Masechta Baba Kama, Masechta Baba Metziah, we're going to be learning now Baba Metziah, there's some very hard prokim in Baba Metziah. The first Perik is not an easy Perik. There's the famous Perik of Ezeo Neshech, which speaks about the Halachas of Rivis, which is not easy either. There's other parts in Baba Metziah. You learn these Masechtas, there's a certain level of frustration that goes into the learning. You get it, you don't get it, you're not sure you get it, you think you got it, and you realize you don't understand it. There's a bitl in this. On one hand, it's, a, it's, it's an interesting thing. It's two opposite things that you experience at the same time. On one hand, you see the tremendous depth of Taira, and there's a tremendous geschmack in it, and the appreciation of the learning, but at the same time, there's a tremendous level of bitl that goes into it. Those are the two opposite things in the psalas of the luchais that is hinted over here in the end of the Masechda, where it talks about the Masechda Avonim. Okay, mazel tov everyone on the Sim of the Masechda, and Shirogo Mechayel Ochayel, have kayach to learn and continue learning everyone on their level. They should all give you kayach with the the learning. You should have everything you need. Amen. Before we begin the next Masechta, we'll hear Rabbi Eppenheimer. I'm going to share just uh, on the Varta official said about Psal uh, Lecha, Rabbi Manasha's question in the Rishima, why is it Lecha? It should have been based on the Simon Masechta, but Masechta Abanim. It should have been Bemeila his. So there's a Chiddush Ma'aser. There's Ma'aser of the Hilgeruzin there. He once came in and to the base Medrash, and he found Chiddush sitting around for bringing talking Ma'asers, and they saw on his face that he was displeased that they're spending time with some mitten talk, some for bringing. So uh, 
So they responded and said that a Pinchas Karatzer, he said that Chsidim Detzel Maises has an Indian that's considered on the level of Limud Ateda. So the Hele Geruzhina responded, on this Psalacha. And he said, you have two times where the same word can be, you have, you have a word that can be to the greatest heights and the greatest lows. You have Psalacha, which is the Ebishta telling Moshe Rabbeinu to carve out the new Luchas, Luchas Shnias, with all the Mailas of And then you have that uh, when Leisasel Chapesel. Psal means to carve out, and Pesel is a Zavay Dezorach Monslan, right? Leisasel Chan Aserasa Dibris. What's the difference? It's the same word, how could it mean a Pesel? It's a graven image, and it means on the same hand, it means. It means so he says, it depends where the lecha is. When it says, pesel, first you're thinking about yourself, and then you carve. So that's right for, that's far from it. That's, that could be when you're the Metzius, then the Fabrengen Hatnish Metzia. Start it off with yourself, your Metzius is there. Masha'inken, when it's Psal lecha, first is the Psal, you're doing the Ebishes Tzivoy. Your your Abisha told Mesh to carve out. So then Lacha could even be Ashiros. Then the Fabrangian, this is what he was indicating, that then the Fabrangian is a, is is like Limadatayra. So I wanna I wanna say the Hamshal to what Rabbi Aster was saying, and I think it's important to share over here. Um, because us sitting around over here, and it's a personal mazel tov to each and every one of the Mishtatfim, everybody here. Or I don't know everybody, but uh, um, that what is putting the Ebishter before us? What does it mean not to put the Lacha before the Psal? What that means is when a person has Bittal, like Rabbi Astor started saying, the Shivrei Luchas, the limitation of Pet takes a certain Shvira, putting yourself on the side. It takes effort to sit down and to learn. It takes koyach. Everybody could be doing other things. And there's other things that are easier in life. And to put it on the side, that puts the psal before the lacha. And you should know that it comes from shivrei luchais. Not from shivrei, from, 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 the, from, the, from the, the residue of the avanim. Moshe Rabbeinu became rich. Sasha Moshe. But it has to have, where, where's the real lacha? When could a yid really benefit when you put when you have that level of bittel that shivrei luchas, and it takes it's a it, the, I think the more than the celebration of finishing a masechta is the celebration of that amount of kuf yud test days where you put yourself on the side and you carve your mamish psal mamish carve out time for limud and all of us none of us have a smooth sailing the to make sure that you know it says. Uh, Eibster said to, I'm, I'm sorry, that I'm going by it's Usually, it's not the job of the MC to 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 say a drash. It's just to introduce. But I, I it's it's like yeah, it's a mir, it's an aleph and on it, it it touches a string. It's very very. When you didn't finish kufu test daf, it's 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 many months of putting ourselves on the side and carving out time. When the Eibster told Adam Rishon that b'zeis apecha toich alechem and koitz v'dar dar tatzmiach lach. So, 
if we don't deal with earth, it doesn't mean we don't have kites v'dayda. Every yid, Baruch Hashem, has a run for his money, has to work, and, it's, and, and there's yigiya involved. And to cut out time and, and headspace to learn about Gemara as Ois Arbit and Ois Harvin, and, and even to listen in a shir, to be available, Pasha, to, to, is a real psal, is a real cutting out, and it's not, has, it's shivri luchas, it's the, it's, it takes bittel that comes before, even if there's the gishmak of Teirish Balpeh, it comes, that carving out makes that the lecha, the nesasha moisha, that after you have this level of bittel, that, 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 the ashirus that comes with it is takegetlachkeit, it's the real ashirus. When a yid learns with that bittel, what a yid learns and her harvet, right? The Tarasi Shalamazdi Bekharfi is Amdali. That is the real Ashiros and uh, Adkan on the Psalacha. Um, we're going to be Machavid Rabbi Eppenheimer to start the next Masechta. Rabbi Matsiyam, Askif and Siyam, Laschala. I put all the Bab Matsiyas in the other room. You mind, Chachaya? The other room in the shop over there, you have the Bab Matsiyah there. um, so, begins. Um, two people are holding on to a talus. Each one says, uh, this one says, I found it, and the other one says, I found it. The one says, it's all mine, and the other one says, it's all mine, which the Gemara points out. It seems repetitive, and the Gemara explains that we're actually talking about two different cases, one metzia and one where each one's claiming that he bought it. Anyway, the Mishnah says, The one should swear that he owns not less than half of it. The other one should swear that he owns not less than half of it. And then they divide it up, which the Gemara ends up explaining that doesn't mean divide it up as in you, you, you rip the talus in half. It means they're both they're joint partners in it. Whatever they decide they want to do with it. At that point, they could decide they'll, they'll, they'll wear it on alternate days. They can decide that they'll sell it and, and split the money. Uh, in Baba Bastra, it talks about the concept of good or good, where one of them can say, you buy out my portion or I'll buy out yours. But whatever, that's uh, that's what it means. Um, so, Tosfos, uh, uh, by the way, points out that uh, the what is it, why why of all things does the Masech to begin with this case? And he says because uh, here Rabbi Oster just taught us about the part uh, about the, the the various things with the Pakashil and the Matzah, the various things where the the uh, the carpenter or the tailor or whatever splits with the Balabas things like the sawdust or the leftover thread or whatnot. So here we have a similar thing where two people uh, where two people have something that they need to divide between them, namely the talus. Um, so well known, there's a Rishima that the Rebbe wrote up in Tavshin Bays uh, that uh, they, they 
gave over um, that he that he gave over to the yeshiva to to, to Tenkatmimim at the beginning of the zman. Um, it's an entire kuntaris, and there's no way that I can do it justice in a few minutes over here. Befrat, I haven't even learned through the whole thing yet. <laughs> um, but at least to hit uh, at least to hit a couple of uh, a couple of the high points in it. So uh, that ever makes the point over there. The talus then represents mitzvahs, and specifically a certain aspect of mitzvahs, namely the uh, the part that mitzvahs, as we know from Tanya, are a lavush for a person, unlike Torah, which is mozen for the neshama. You have the aspect of it which is benar mamakim, the, the the aspect of it which is not, which doesn't penetrate into his pnimius, but only stays, uh, but but stays, and then is makif him. So now you have uh, there can be a case where two people are arguing on uh, who was the one who made that who made that come about? Who's the one who accomplished that the the existence and the finding of that talus? So you have the one who actually did the mitzvah says Animat Sasiha, I found it, and the uh, and the entire the the entire mila of the talus that's 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 uh, that's brought about by it belongs to me. And the other one, uh, his rebbe, his mashpia, his whatever it is who uh, who 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 influenced him to do that um, is also claiming Animat Sasiha. And that ever makes the point over there, we're talking about over here, when they're saying, where each one is saying, Kula Shali, so the one who's saying Kula Shali, the first one, the one who actually did the mitzvah, and is saying Kula Shali, is a tzaddik. Maybe not a tzaddik of Tanya, but upon him a tzaddik, at least in this particular area. Every person has, uh, we have these days in Tanya, the Alta Rebbe talks about a point, that every, uh, every person has their own individual nisyonis, uh, and every person has their individual areas where he's stronger and weaker. So you have a person in this particular area, he's stronger, and therefore he's arguing, I didn't need you, my mashpia, to, to, to get me to do this mitzvah, I would have done it on my own. Meanwhile, the mashpia says, fine, you, a, you, you have a certain natural tendency to this, but after all, you needed somebody to direct you to do it, otherwise you might not have, otherwise you might have slacked off or whatever, so therefore, kolashali. So the vote is then that we, uh, we, we have each one of them take a shvua, representing, in other words, that we want to be ma'ura, the yiras shemayim by them, and that way, the result is that then that way, yachloiku, that that way each of them is taka entitled to half of it. And then in, a, in the hemshech that ever goes on to talk about, you have the, uh, the, the, the Mishnah continues with the case where one says kulashali and the other one's chetzyashali, that refers more to a benini. So he's saying, I agree, I wouldn't have done it all on my own, but after all, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm for it only a benini in this particular thing, but at least I should be entitled to half of it. And the other one is saying that I'm the one who made it happen, b'chlal. So then we say that the, then we say it gets split up three quarters in one quarter, and that ever goes on to talk about over there, there's a, the Tesefta that talks about this, uh, this case, also brings a case where one of them claims that I, where, where one of them claims that I own only, a, that I own only a third of the talus which the mission doesn't mention that case. And the point is that represents the person who's a Russia in this particular area. So the Mishnah doesn't, doesn't, have to, doesn't have to deal with that level of person. But by the time you get to the Tesefta, which is already from, a, from, a, from the next generation, then already there's a Eurydice Adurus, and you have to talk about that, about that kind of person as well. And therefore he's claiming only Shlish because you have over there, uh, you have over there his Guf, his Nefesh Elikis, and the Nefesh Bahamas, And he's saying only my Nefesh Elikis was involved in, uh, in doing this. And the other one, meanwhile, is saying, I'm the one who schlepped in your, your, your Guf and your Nefesh Bahamas to be involved as well. And therefore you have the Dinim that apply over there as well well um so uh the point is though that uh so so talk so upon him the point is and the devil also makes the point there by the way that uh, for that reason because this kind of thing that you have taka that one person is or somebody else to do a mitzvah and therefore has a claim on it kula shali uh, for that reason, why did, the Mishnah starts off Shnaim Uchzin Betalis. Now you would expect a lot of times, for example, the the the, the very the, the the next part of the Mishnah, the um 
is hoyu shnayim ruchven agave behema. So the normal way would be something like shnayim shahoyu urchzim batalus, or something like that. When the Ramam brings the halacha, take brings it shnayim shahurchzim batalus, or something like that, implying it happens occasionally you have shnayim shahayin urchzim batalus, whatever. Shnayim shahoyu. Yeah, they have a lot of expressions like that where, where you usually have, the expression is, if you happen that two people are sitting and, and do, doing such and such and whatever, then here's the din. Here it's like shnaim urchs and batalis, almost as though it's like a normal expected thing. There are going to be two people holding on to a talus because that's such a common thing that you have, Taka, that a person is disordered to do a mitzvah and, there's a, and then there's, a, there, there's an argument on a ruchniistic level, who is it that actually gets the, who is it that actually owns the schar of that mitzvah and who's the one who who has the uh, the talus and the zikuch of that mitzvah, um, and for that reason, Taka it says in the terms of shnayim urchs in the talus. So uh, so the ikkar of it is then. So when we have uh, when we have a magid shear like uh, like Rabbi Oster, who is taking the people to uh, to come to a shear. I wish I could say it about myself, but unfortunately my shear has uh, severely fallen off in people who attend. So it's hard for me to say that I have a claim of kula shali. But uh, but Akaponim you have, and that's the important thing. But uh, the point is that, uh, so yes, you have uh, every, every day, every day when there's a, when, when there's a shear and people are in, and then Rabbi Oster is teaching and then, and, and other Magidi shear here in Crown Heights, Vani Akot and Besoicham are sitting and teaching and somebody at least, or more than, more than, more than one somebody comes, then you have a, you have on a daily basis, a Shnaim Urchs and Batalis, Zerim Akula Shali, Vizerim Akula Shali. And the result is that we must be both of them, must be awesome, and Masbiya, that the Ebishter fills them up with all everything they need, Begashmius, Baruchnius, Gam Yochad, and each of them, and, and, and each of them gets their schar, Alderach also, as we know, Shnaim Shasu'ah, where, where, where you have, uh, if two people are doing the same way as two people are doing Malacha together and neither one could do it by themselves, then in Hilchas Shabbos, both of them are Chayev in the same way, since a Magad Shir can't teach without Talmidim, and since the Talmidim can't or may not learn, at least certainly not on the, on the, on the same level, without a Magad Shir, then, then both of them are equal equally sharing in both of them are equally the yachloiku in the uh, in the schar and the schos of it and uh, and the should help that taka everybody continues to do that and continues to be yachloiku and continues to be uh, to be mushba and musba with uh, with everything that they that they that, that they get from it Another very special occasion there is today, and it's also connected to the Siyum of the Masechta, which is the la- the Siyum of Sefer Kedusha in Rambam today, in Perkach of the Yom. And it's fascinatingly connected also to the Siyum of Masechta of Akama, which discusses uh, sawdust, that it doesn't have value. And in Mamish, the last, the last halacha in Hilcha Shechita Perk Yudalid is Kisri Adam. And I want to connect another, besides... I'll read the last halacha and I'll begin. But in addition to having that connection, many of us learned uh, in Masech Shabbos, the sugi of Mai Chanukah. And it discusses over there the fact that also the heart says, Mois Keneged Haner. You're not allowed to count money in front of the Ner Chanukah. And uh, it says, no, you're not allowed to because Shloya Mitzvah B'zuya Soleinu. And then it brings from, uh, from if you're allowed to be Mestapik, from Noya Sukkah, things that were to decorate the sukkah. And the Gemara says, makes a big shturim, talitani v'leitanya, that avoid the kuladam. Everything we learn, the fact that shloye mitzvah b'zuyah zeleinu, not to underestimate any mitzvah, we all learn from this mitzvah of kisya adam, all from this sawdust. 
Lightning, it says Veshafach Mechisa, Vemasha Shafach Yechasa, just like you have to shech with your hand, you have to be Mechasa when you cover the blood, Kisa Adam of Chaya and Oif. After it's shechted, you have to cut, you have to cover it many times. Today, practically, it's done with sawdust most of the time. If you go to Kaparas, um, you have to do it by hand. You can't You're not allowed to do it with your foot. And that's one of the places we learn this this uh, halacha. We learn that mitzvahs have to be done with tremendous simcha. So, speaking of carving out time, it has to be celebrated. Like uh, Rabbi Avram Ratban uh, organized over here, Irgun Teda, and Fleishik, uh, and it's a Suuda, and a Zaydar Zayn. It's uh, you never ha- you're not allowed to look at it like uh, like uh, the residue of Luchas Nisasha Moshe from this bittel from this carving out Veret Lacha the real Ashirus Veret 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 Nisasha Moshe Ben Moshe Ben Veret Reich from when you didn't carve out time. And and uh, and this is avoid the kulu. This is avoid of all the grasim, grasim and sechtes and grasim and yanim. We all learn. So let me just finish the last halacha. Uksha When a person is doing kisay dam, all the halachas before discuss exactly how it's done and how much blood and which blood, etc. And so he concludes. Uksha lo yichasa beragla. He shouldn't do it with his foot. Ella biyade rather with his hand afke or yibesakin or with a or with a knife, which is. An extension of his hand, a bekli, kadesh lo yinag minag bizoyin, bimitzvois, velo viyum bzuyas olov. Because if you act in a bizoyin dekawaita mitzvah, even if you hold it in high regard, but if you act that way, it's going to cause the shlila. And therefore he says, this is the way, if you do it, it's, it's, it's going to make sure you mechabed mitzvahs. Kshayna kavid la atzman shal mitzvahs, you should know that we're not mechabed the mitzvahs. It's not for the mitzvahs themselves, elamisha tsibo ben baruchu. We're, 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 we're giving covet, we're honoring the one that commanded us. You know, the Rambam's Fabring is at the end of the Svanim. That the Eivish there saved us from those who was tapping in Finstinish. They're tapping around in darkness. Which means he, he prepared for them. Uh, a light to guide the way and to so to speak straighten out our pathway and light to shine the pathways of truth and being upright while I'm saying this, I'll, if I could add another Nakuda to one thing Rabbi Asta said. Rabbi Asta mentioned the, the, the Mishnah at the end of Basra that the Raitzel should learn uh, learn the Imaminus. The Gemara in Babakama in Hakoinis, in, in Aminiach, says that uh, that Avois, he said he brings it, Chsidma Rishayin, and they would dig the. the in, in Hamaniach at the beginning it describes that they used to hide the thorns so once, a month, once, a month, once upon a time one of the security methods they would hide thorns in the, in the cracks of the wall so if anyone tries to climb your wall gets frashtachn in his hands and it's handsome mafriach the whole sugya there but actually it says not only they dug it in the ground they didn't use it in their walls not only they didn't use it in the walls the not to be mazik, it's a garden, who are they going to be mazik? 
if it falls out, it's Tachtanachai. But they would dig it in the ground, and they would dig it in a way that even if the Machresha goes by, it won't pull it up. And the Gemara concludes, describing these Chassidim HaRishayinim, that a person who wants to be a Chassid should learn the Nezikim. And not only that, the first, the first Mesechta uh, in, uh, in Seyde Nezikim is Avos. And, uh, and the reason is because uh, one of the Tchunas of of Rehid um, that learns Teda, Tech Yerushamayim, is Tracht Vegnat Sveiter. So think about another person, make sure you don't chap a gelt of blackness there. And not to be mazik someone, and to dig it in the earth. Gemara continues over there and brings um, other dugmois. And, and the last dugma the Gemara brings, last third man, the Amar is to learn brachas, to be Mishabach Deibish. Their first Arvet of Zich, make sure the chap is Nishat Sveiter. And then that, that, is, that is a chasid. That is Be'etzim al-Chasid. Then it's Negeat Ayid Ha'alacha in Rambam, Ha'alacha in Gemara. One of the, the I think Reb Zalman Nechemi Goldberg once told us this. He said, Eina from the Tchunus, who said, Gifunim by Divas Kanan Laranen, is uh, that they're very naigilik. want to know, they're curious about every Halacha. They're curious to know. Yeah. It's a Tchuna. And if it's Negea, Person wants to know. He wants to stay away from from chapping at Saita. So every scenario is nagia. Every chitim says nagia. So, anyways, the Rambam for bringing. Okay, that's it for Afla. Afla is Malashan. Lahafli lahazer raising himself up through a shvua, and he says, "Arba min a shvua saying." Oh, sorry. Hilchas shuvus yesh b'cholam chamesh mitzvahs. The five mitzvahs involved. Achas mitzvahs one positive. The arbon mitzvahs for four negative. As all proper details are. Shloi lishav abishmai l'shaker not to swear falsely the abishter's name. Shloi lishashmai l'shav not to utter the abishter's name in vain. Shloi likfer bepikadon not to deny uh, having a, an object that doesn't belong to you. Um, you are for safekeeping, etc. Shloi lishav al kfiras mamon and not to swear falsely. Uh, denying money that uh, that you're supposed to pay and the like. Lishava b'shemay b'avos to swear in the Abishter's name is a positive mitzvah to swear the Abishter's name in when saying the truth. Obir mitzvah b'parak melu perikrishan arba minei shvuos and there are four types of shvuos: shvuos bitui, shvuos expression, shvuos shav, shvuos apikaden, and shvuos haedus. And they're they're told to swear on testimony that they testified. Shvuos bitui shenam arbatayra oy nefesh kisishava levata b'sosayim lahara lehativ. What he says he's going to do. Um, good or, or not good. V'hi nechlekes la'arba chalakim sh'taim la'haba, two forms in the future. V'shtaim la'shavar and two when he swears about something that happened in the past. K'goyin sh'nishbal davar sh'avar sh'nasa, something in the past that that happened, or sh'loynasa, or it didn't happen. Val davar sh'asliya sh'yasa, sh'loyasa, and that is the beginning of Hilchus Shavuos. Mazel tov, mazel tov. To each and every one of us, Mazel tov to my Yisrael, to Rabbi Aster, and Rabbi Eppenheimer, and to all the Mishtats from each and every Rabbi Nash, and Rabbi Goldberger. Mazel tov, Yishakoyach Rabbi Abram, for pulling us together, and on a personal note, for inviting me to have a part of the Simcha. And also a big Yishakoyach to Rabbi Kalman. Rabbi Kalman wrote an entire oh. year sitting right over here. Okay. He was the Ruach HaChaim behind the scene. Yishakoyach, Yishakoyach. If not for him, there wouldn't have been a scene tonight. He insisted, he insisted that there must be a scene. Must be a scene. It's the clippers, though. Right.
the heart of Adarai for today is also the end of a safer, a seed of a safer Mishlash of Tatan as well. Okay. Okay.